Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I am so thrilled. Reverend Barry Lynn is back. He is an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ. He served as executive director for Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. And you probably, like me, grew up watching him on the Today Show, PBS NewsHour, Nightline, 60 Minutes, even the O'Reilly Factor, where he modeled for me how to get along with our right-wing pals. Reverend Barry, welcome back. It's always nice to be back. I, did I do good with our last caller? He came looking for looking for a fight, and I just made it a love fest, Barry. I did that I, for I you. I think it was a beautiful... You should bottle that and sell it to the people on the right who aren't so polite. Most of the people I debated over the years who were right wingers were relatively nice. But there were some people that were simply so far over the line and over the top that they could not be redeemed except possibly in a religious sense. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I find the, our conservative loved ones, y'all know, it's a lot of nice people who tend to vote for not nice people and not nice policies. It's too bad. But how have you been, Reverend? I've been quite good. Quite good. I'm almost finished with my book. Uh, oh. Finally, finally. It's called Paid to Piss People Off. I've mentioned it for the last eight months. It's you finally have. the book's. Uh, and the boxes of stuff that I used to write it uh, are literally tomorrow going to be picked up by my college where they're going to put them in their archives. And no one is as happy as my wife, Joanne, at the prospect of having a living room back again after two years of it being filled with boxes, stacks and papers. Congratulations. You got it. You got it done, Reverend. I can't wait to read it. I hope you'll sign a copy for me. I will do that. You know, one of the other advantages of writing a book is that you you find things, particularly in these boxes of newspaper clippings and other things, about things you had kind of forgotten about. And today, literally a few hours ago, I was able to use something I learned to answer a Jeopardy question, the answer to which was Henry Gibson. Henry Gibson, of course, was a comedian, 
on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. He was also the star of a very good Robert Altman movie called Nashville. And tonight oh, yeah. he was the answer of a question. And he's in the, my clippings because he called me one day. He was a big peace advocate, very strong. And I was, of course, the head of this 40 or 50 organization uh, effort to stop the Selective Service from coming back. And he said, I saw you on television. I've written a poem about why we shouldn't register men for the draft. And I'd like to send it to you. And then I also like to get some public service announcements made by some of my famous friends. And they could be used as public service announcements to combat the advocacy ones by the Carter administration. I said, that sounds great. Who are they? And he, Martin Sheen. And he mm. did get one from Martin, but he woke him up. In, because Martin was doing a, a film in London. He, he didn't really figure out the time change. But LeVar Burton and Lily Tomlin and a lot of the people that he knew wow. very well. And, I've got to uh, work with all three of those people. Well, they're, um, they're great people. They really yeah. are. And, and you uh, are as well. Well, I appreciate that. I, By the way, I've never been an answer on Jeopardy, but I have been a clue on Jeopardy. Um, I'm using clue? that as my yeah, yeah. A joke of mine was a was a question once on Jeopardy, and I'm using that as my stepping stone to having my last name be in a New York Times crossword puzzle. Uh, Reverend, <laughs> I, I've I've been yes. really dying to have you on the show as we've witnessed this atrocious act of war in Ukraine. Um, since February 24th. It's just been so yeah. heartbreaking all the time on a spiritual level, on a moral level. Uh, Joe Biden came out and said that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. I'm wondering uh, if you agree. Well, he certainly is a war criminal. But one of the things, I was at a dinner last night with a couple of people who's, um, whose grandparents had fled Europe uh, during the Nazi, uh, during World War II. And this issue of how to define a, a war crime came up. And it turns out to be a very difficult thing to do. For example, if you watch the news, you hear about cluster bombs, yeah. which are basically you take a large bomb, you drop it out of an airplane, it breaks apart part way down, and then a lot of little bombs come out and it's devastating and it has no sense of who is a military and who's a civilian target, so it just kills indiscriminately. Yes. And everybody thinks, oh, that's a horrible thing, which, of course, it is. It is. But the United States has never signed the treaty that would stop permitting the use of these bombs. And in fact, the Correct. Trump administration in 2017 decided that we were going to use all of the ones that we already had. And then we'd think about whether to create any more. What, I'm, what bothers me about it is, of course, they're horrible. Everything that's talked about the rapes, the individual acts by soldiers, of course, are horrible, and many of them constitute violations of numerous treaties. But I'd like to see us get back to a time, back in the late 60s, we created this International Criminal Court, which, of course, the United States is not a signer to. That's right. And its, its purpose was to define what acts by governmental leaders constituted a crime, a war crime. And they it was a pretty simple definition. I had a little more verbiage than necessary, perhaps. But if you organized, orchestrated, started to create a war and an incursion into another sovereign country that was in violation of the United Nations Charter, that was per se 
a crime. So a war crime, war is the crime. Yes. And of course, in, in that case, the only people that can be prosecuted literally are political leaders or an occasional military leader that directly is responsible for starting the conflict in the first place. I'll, I'll, I'll take to it. Me, Go ahead, please. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we've got to get back to that. And we have to, much as it, in the Vietnam War, there's no question that the atrocities that were shown, and remember what only 15 minutes of national news, no CNN, no C, no Fox News, 15 minutes of which amounted to 13 minutes of actual news. That's right. But when Walter Cronkite would air those pictures taken by Daniel Shore or others of atrocities in Vietnam, it certainly had an impact. Now we sit around and uh, watch it over dinner and go, look, oh, well, that's yeah. terrible. Look at the mass graves. And they show them always with a little warning. Uh, this is pretty difficult to watch. Yeah. But, but you'll I, recall, I mean, in, in the Iraq war, where, by the way, uh, we used cluster bombs uh, between 2003 and 2006, the U.S. and our allies attacked Iraq with 13,000 cluster right. bombs. Um, they had a policy of not allowing the caskets containing the fallen American soldiers to be filmed when their bodies were brought back home. And one of President Obama's first acts was to reverse that so we could actually see the bodies come back on the tarmac. And I think the lesson of Vietnam was when American folks having their dinner can actually see the carnage, they'll be against war. Um, and that's why it was George Bush Sr. who put the kibosh on that and wouldn't allow anything to be seen in the first Gulf War. And, and Reverend, uh, while I'm on a tangent, um, aren't all wars war crimes, considering we haven't legally declared war since December 8th, 1941? Uh, yes, of course. Um, no, we haven't declared war. But um, so we passed things like the War Powers Act, which many of us thought was a very important piece of legislation and it would actually do something It would force the Congress to get engaged in some way in making decisions that are going to cost not only American lives, but lives of people throughout the world. And it's really turn out to be toothless. And yeah. it's another example of where something, a good idea gets good PR, but then doesn't have very significant results. And uh, so you're right. I mean, it, but it is, a, I mean, when you think about it, when you look at just today's news, the atrocities in one city alone, it's very difficult to figure out how anyone can look at that and not be horrified. Yeah. Yet, you know, something like uh, there's a poll came out today, I think 7% or something of Americans claimed that Putin was the world's greatest leader. Yeah. 7%. Yeah, That's exactly. He has a big family and several mistresses, but not that many people. No, but, he, you know, he, you see the appeal. I mean, authoritarian, all white, pretends to be Christian. Uh, yep. Likes to kill people. I, I, we, we got people in this country that are a big fan sure. of that. And of course, and Putin. Let's Putin, Reverend, will never actually face trial for war crimes. I mean, they're historically really tough to investigate. You yep. know, the big hurdle is determining who's responsible. And even if prosecutors could show that high-level Russian officials directed the actions that were war crimes. You can't have a trial at the ICC unless the officials are in custody. And Russia, like us, they're not a member of the ICC. I had a, a good friend uh, named Bill Thompson, who was the head of the Presbyterian Church and then became the head of the National Council of Churches. But in his earlier uh, incarnation, he was 
one of the prosecutors at the Japanese equivalent of the Nuremberg trials. And talking to him about it, it, it was so fascinating. It, and what's important for people to understand is not only do you have to have the people there, which is extremely unlikely uh, unless you're, I, I, I can't imagine a scenario in which Putin comes at any time and at any place subject yeah. to arrest so that he could be moved to a place where this tribunal could occur. I mean, it's, I guess it's great that Biden talks about he, he is a war criminal and to use those words. But I also think it's important that we think a little more seriously about what it means and where you would do it and how you would do it. And, and how seriously we take kind it. Of a bill of particulars. These are the six things we know Putin did to start this conflict in the first place. That's yeah, you're right, Reverend. I'll just say uh, to, to put a cap on that. Uh, Dick Cheney and Henry Kissinger don't do a lot of international travel, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, they don't. No, um, they do not. Reverend Barry, I've been so looking forward to speaking with you. Uh, and then, of course, a couple of hours ago, we get this news that um, the great state of Oklahoma has just passed what is now the strictest abortion ban in America. Uh, it's only going to be allowed if the mother's life is in danger. So rapists in Oklahoma can pick out the moms of their next babies if they want to do it. And, you know, you're very unique in the clerical community because you actually know what the Bible doesn't say about abortion. But you think the Democrats should actually use that word a lot in these midterms. And I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit in in the days when... Uh, there were constant battles over whether there should be sex education in public schools. Some pollsters, some focus groups said, don't call it sex education, call it family life education. Then years later, when they interviewed students who had had sex education called family life education, they didn't know what they had had. They didn't even know there was any sex education there. It's you use the language. There was a guy, a woman named Mara Vanderslice, who worked for Al Gore's campaign. And she told the New York Times one day, um, you know, I, I'm suggesting that uh, the team, meaning the president, vice president and uh, senators running, never use the word separation of church and state. So I was on, I think, on Fox with her that night. And I right. said, this is absurd. Things have meaning. You use words because they have meaning. The abortion word, when I was at Americans United, when I got there, we didn't even have a position on abortion. So I think the greatest accomplishment of my 25 years there may have been moving this group of religious and non-theistic people into a position of supporting a woman's, what, right to have an abortion. There were two women, one in New York and one in California. Whenever I'd speak out there, they'd show up in the audience and they would get very irritated if a question was asked or I would use the phrase right to choose. Yeah. And they would come up to me and say, Barry, uh, you should use you should say what I say. I am pro-abortion. And, and people would in the audience, you know, if it was a public thing, we can't say that. But you yeah. have to say that. One but, of my wait, favorite... wait, wait, wait. Is, is pro-abortion or pro-abortion rights, Barry? Because I have this fight no, with Liz Winstead all the time. Well, this one Liz... was pro-abortion. I mean, pro-abortion. Said... I mean, China is pro-abortion, right? But like, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm pro-men not <laughs> making that choice for a woman. Like, I, I'm, I'm pro-a woman having an abortion if she wants one. But I mean, it's, it's 
you know, I, I guess I like to say pro-women's reproductive freedoms, but I know that can get a bit wordy. Yeah, I think the uh, there was an article about this in The Hill and another one in The Washington Post this week about this split, even within the abortion rights movement about what to use and what words to use. And there's a, an advocacy group called Sisters Song. It's primarily African-American women. And I always loved being on panels with them. They were right on. And the reason they say the word choice for African-American women and other women of color is meaningless because in so many other ways, they don't have any choice. So when you say, well, you should have choice, say, well, we should have a choice of a job. We should have a lot of choices. And they're advocates of using the phrase and using that word abortion in a very <laughs> deliberate fashion. Yeah. And I think they're right about that. You know, um, this law in Oklahoma will take effect in August, which is exactly when people are now thinking the Supreme Court could rule on Mississippi's restrictive abortion law and uh, destroy Roe v. Wade. Um, I, I think, sort of think that's the stupidest thing the American right could do in this year. I, to me, and maybe I'm naive, Reverend, but 77% of Americans support women having the right to an abortion in all or some cases. I think if these guys, <laughs> their eyes are too big for their stomach, as as the mafia yeah. says, and if they go uh, ahead and they try to ban it before the midterms, do you see that translating into votes? I mean, I think a lot of folks who not want to get off the couch will want to get off the couch if this happens uh, this summer. Yeah, I think it's absolutely going to make a difference, and I think it might make a difference in what I think are still very close Senate races in places like Ohio and Pennsylvania and, and maybe even North Carolina. So I think it real, will be a catalytic agent there. Um, I do think, though, that this is part of the strategy, and I think you and I have talked about this before. As soon as Roe versus Wade is decided by the court, it was not Protestants who are now considered parts of the religious right that were opposed it. The, the guy who was the chairman of the board, if you can believe this, of Americans United for Separation of Church and State, in his younger years worked for the Southern Baptist Convention, and he was running one of their agencies the day that Roe versus Wade came down, the press came to, what did Southern Baptists think about this? And he said, I, I think it's a good idea because now it's a moral choice and it's yes. not a legal matter. Yes. That, People forget this. Like I was they, too, I was, I was in diapers, but I mean, I've, I've heard so many times that when Roe v. Wade was first decided, there was nearly a ripple. I mean, this is before Jerry Falwell realized they could weaponize this issue to get guys like Ronald Reagan elected president. Absolutely. And form those coalitions with Catholics, um, who I think it's safe to say had a more restrictive view of abortion then than they do today. Because if you do focus groups and you look, there's a whole organization called Catholics for Choice. They That's do right. polling all the time. And church going Catholics do not want to overturn Roe versus Wade. There is one thing you said in that conversation about this matter earlier with which I might disagree. Let's fight. Let's fight. I got along uh, with you, the Republican in Arizona. Let's yeah, you and me, yeah, let's you and me go ahead. This is the idea that the fact that they voted on this uh, without any debate, that was a terrible thing. Well, it was a bad thing. But when you think about some of the other things that happened this very day, Tell me this isn't worse. Here's a discussion by Senator Cotton of Arkansas, one ah. of the many people who plans to run for the presidency, who says oh, yeah. on the floor of the Senate today, the last Judge Jackson, who left the Supreme Court, 
went to Nuremberg and prosecuted the case against the Nazis. This Judge Jackson, referring to Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, might have gone there to defend them. I know. What? Who says that? I mean, this is that. This is something because you she was a public about. defender. Because she was a public defender and defended Gitmo inmates, like like the job <laughs> title. Says. Of course, and that's of what course. they. I, I would submit to you, they hate her as a public defender more than sure. they hate the fact that she's a black woman. I think you're right. I think you're right. But I mean, but when this comes out, and you, this is the debate. All but three Republicans tomorrow or, or the Thursday are going to vote uh, against her. And but this kind of rhetoric just is to prove that Senator Cotton is even more of a jerk yeah. than, uh, you know, Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz. Yeah. So there's a very small base, but he wants to appeal to it. And he figures a line like that's going to be forgotten. And people, Judge Jackson, well, there was another Judge Jackson. What color was he? I mean, the, we don't have much history when it comes to looking at the Supreme Court. And, and then the other thing that was so absurd today is a debate between Matt Gates, whatever happened to him, oh. and, of course, the Secretary of Defense. Yeah. So he starts talking about this bloated defense budget for, 19, for 2023, <laughs> and he, Matt Gates is grilling, I think that's the word they constantly use, grilling as Secretary of Defense Austin, suggesting that the Secretary of Defense had made so many mistakes about leaving Afghanistan and predicting how quickly the Russians would win the war, yeah. which of course they haven't won yet. And so he then says, you to totally blew these calls and maybe we would be better at them if the defense National Defense University actually worked a little bit more on strategy and a little less on wokeism. Yeah. Chris had the best line on that. Chris, our producer, said uh, Matt Gates was there shooting a new commercial for his donors. That's all it was. Just the grandstanding. Exactly. Just for the clips. Exactly. Matt Gates was tweeting those clips out before the hearing even ended. I, I do, Reverend, we've only got a couple minutes, and I'm sure. sorry that we started late, uh, but I, I got to ask you your thoughts on this new wave of uh, preemptive censorship and education, the don't say gay bill in uh, in Florida, yeah. which the angry Republicans say, read the bill, read the bill. And I've read it. It's it's worse than people think. This is like those abortion laws in in Florida sure. and Texas. It'll deputize any Yahoo to sue any teacher of any grade for saying something that offends the Yahoo that they think is inappropriate for their first grader or their 12th grader to hear in school. Yeah. And there's a whole there was a, an undercurrent of this back 20 years ago. When the religious right, the, the primary uh, people who cogitate over and work on getting books banned, that if you, you go to one library and you convince somebody to go after a book of what's called a challenge, you challenge a book in the library. And at that time, it was a lot of witchcraft books and things that, of course, had nothing to do with witchcraft or yeah. sex books, which, of course, had nothing to do with sex. But... Now this has become something so present. I mean, I have a relative who's on a school board in Western Pennsylvania, and it's happening in Western Pennsylvania. I'm not sure in his, in his school board, but where librarians are taking books off the shelves, not because anybody's challenged them, but because they're afraid that they might get challenged. Exactly. It's preemptive censorship. 
But and that's it's what it really, is. Yeah. Really terrible. It's preemptive self censorship, and that's the point that I don't hear the media making. It's not that the state is stopping teachers from talking about sexuality. It's that the state is making it so the teachers are going to be too scared of lawsuits to talk about sexuality. It is coercive self censorship, and that's the creepiest thing about it. Absolutely, and you know, there's book burning going on. Of course, as a minister a couple of months ago, got. A lot of uh, attention for uh, streaming, actually streamed to thousands and thousands of people. His book burning of uh, of Harry Potter books and uh, and the Twilight books. And, you know, I mean, I can I think it could make an argument that perhaps the first two Twilight movies should be burned for a I would support that, actually. I would throw the DVDs on the on the blaze myself. (laughs) Uh, Reverend, we only got a few a few seconds left in our final minute. Um, what is your pick for the next Emmy winner for best dramatic series? I turn to you. Okay, having success. Well, having successfully said Coda is the greatest film, it will win the best picture for the Oscar. And I know how much you love that too. The movie, the dramatic series that will win the Emmys in September of this year. Mm-hmm. The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. That's oh, with Sam Jackson. With Sam Jackson, who is, by the way, at six. One of the reasons I like it, Sam Jackson is so good in it. He's six months younger than I am, and he can still kick ass. <laughs> but the, but the, the, the woman who's, who's in it, who really makes the film, uh, is a woman I last saw in, uh, in that Judas and the Black Messiah named Dominique Fishback. She's oh, extraordinary. It's it's got six episodes already. I think it's got a couple more to go. It's on Paramount Plus. I'm not giving it a plug, but it's a wonderful, wonderful series. All right, right on. Great. With all my free time, I can't wait to have something else I gotta binge watch. Reverend Barry, okay. it's so Thank good you. to hear your voice. How do our listeners follow you, sir, and keep up with hey, your you work? Follow me barrywlin.com. That's my website, it has various things I'm doing. And um and Barry W. Lynn on Twitter, and uh, I think I still have a couple spaces on Facebook if you want to be Good. on Facebook. Come back and see us again soon, Reverend. We really appreciate it. I will you. do that. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Uh, let's go to Michael in Oklahoma. Michael, thank you so much for your patience on hold. How are you? Oh, I love Oklahoma. I can add that to a, to a state I might I could move to. It's so beautiful. I love Oklahoma. Yes, it is. And I love this new uh, abortion bill. It's fantastic. It is just wonderful that there are people in this state that care about babies. 
And again, not not wonderful. not baby, not babies, not babies, uh, fetuses. Yes, they are. They're babies. No, they're not babies. Just science and the Bible. Science and the Bible say otherwise. And uh, so well, what we're saying here is that. No, science and the Bible. Science and the Bible disagree with you. And let's be honest yeah. about it. What you're saying is that um, you're excited that women will go to jail, right? No, I'm not excited about that. I'm well, excited what, what do you mean? You're saying it's a great law. Women are going to go to jail for it. That's what you want. That's your end game, right? Women in nope. prison for terminating pregnancies. And I know you're excited that that now if a woman is raped and she terminates the pregnancy, that she'll go to jail too. You're thrilled about that because you believe in big government and the state should have the power to force American women to carry their rapist babies, right? That's your morality. That's what you believe in. Own it, baby. because you don't believe in... You don't actually believe that those babies inside that mother... Michael... That's the law. But that's what the law says, Michael. That's what you're celebrating, my friend. That's what you're celebrating. How many children have you raised? One. Me too. So I love babies. But I also love men not making that choice for women. Again, the Bible's not against it. Could that person make a decision for this? Because you say that she's a woman, but he has a dick. Who are you talking about? Why do you have to be so vulgar and mean all the time? You're just a mean guy. I don't get it. Like, I don't hate you, man. You Let me ask you a question. Let, let's, let's see what we can agree on, Michael. Hank, he's trying to change it because he hates trans people because he pretends he's Christian. Michael, let's agree what we can agree on. Abortion has been around for thousands of years, right? We can agree on that, right? Yes, and it's wrong. Okay, and we can also agree abortion will always be around, right? It's never going to end, right? Well, yes, sin will always exist. Right. And so what what happened is you're not actually ending abortion. You're only ending the safe, regulated kinds. Right. We can agree on that. Yes. So the only abortions will be unsafe, illegal, unregulated ones. So you're actually creating new jobs for new Dr. Kermit Gosnells. White women and women with money will still go to their doctors and poor women will go to places like Dr. Kermit Gosnell and be butchered. That's what you're celebrating. What? They suppress this abstinence. Yeah. Oh, because it's their fault, right? What, it's their, their fault, fault, right? That they, that they are in a relationship and decide to have unprotected sex outside of marriage? So you want the woman to go to jail. Should the man go to jail as well? What do you mean outside of marriage? Married women terminate pregnancies, Michael. Jesus, your hate is so astonishing. Why do you call yourself Christian? I don't understand it. You hate so many people. You hate so many Americans. Every time you call, I'm blown away by the amount of hate you have for your fellow Americans. stand up for truth. Your morality and my morality are completely different. Okay, so let's try this again. Now, you do support the death penalty, right? You're, you're a big fan of killing the sinner, because that's what Jesus was against. Christ opposes killing the sinner. He never mentioned abortion, but you differ with Jesus on that, right? Uh, I think people should be put to death for their crimes, yes. Okay, Jesus disagrees Absolutely. with you, but again, I, you're not actually Fine. a follower of Jesus, right? With... Yeah, no, but you're not a follower show of me, Jesus. Show me where in the Bible that Jesus disagreed with me on that. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount? Me? The Sermon on the Mount, where he overturns eye for shit. an eye? Oh, my God, dude. My God, what? It's like he's a prop. Christ is a prop to these people, Chris. They use him as a mascot, and they don't actually read the Gospels. And they just use Christianity to appear more virtuous, when in reality, they vote for the opposite of it. Here's, here we go, Michael. It's Tell like me one single. teaching, Michael, one teaching of Jesus that the Republican Party is fighting for. One. Give me one. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's not a teaching of that's not something that the Republican Party's fighting for. That's not something the Republican Party's how is the Republican Party legislatively fighting for love thy neighbor as thyself? (laughs) 
Uh, you hate so many Americans, bro. You hate so many people. Babies who are unborn. But Mike, but but that's not you, dude. You actually said on this show that you want to see New York City and Los Angeles destroyed by a nuke. You hate your neighbor. You don't love Americans. You're not a patriot. You're not a Christian. You're a mean little man. A mean little man. Are you raising your son to hate like you? Are you raising your son to hate the way you do? Oh, I'm teaching him the right way. That's for darn sure. So you want women to go to... Okay, so let's play the, the quiz. A woman is raped, and she terminates the pregnancy. Okay? Uh, tell me, in order, who deserves the longest jail sentence? The doctor, the rapist, and the woman. Who should go to jail the longest? Yeah, let, tell us again. Let everyone be over here. The rapist gets his dick cut off. No, no, no. Who, who goes to jail the longest? I know you like mutilating people because you're so deeply Christian because you, you get off on that. Who goes to jail the longest? The rapist, the woman, or the doctor? The woman does. The, the, yeah. So the woman goes to jail longer than the rapist. Who gets the second longest jail sentence? Well, the doctor gets shot in the head, so he gets killed instantaneously. Okay, that's not he the question. I know, right. See, but so, so why do you keep saying you're Christian? Why? You're into killing people. You're into suffering. You're into maiming and disfiguring people. You don't know what's in the well, Bible. You don't follow the teachings of Christ. They're, they're doing that to an innocent child. The Bible disagrees, so, bro. You show me where in the Bible it says that abortion is wrong. He says, I, know, I knew you. No, that's, you dude, you haven't even that's read it. it. That's God explaining to Jeremiah why he's different from everybody else. That's God telling yeah. Jeremiah why he's going to be a yeah, prophet. You haven't read God, the Bible, bro. You use Christ as a prop. You get off on killing people. Jesus commands you. He John, commands you to not execute thing. the sinner. He does. John, Jesus stopped an execution, and Jesus says that only sinless people can carry out executions. You are no more a Christian than you are a patriot, and I hope John, you have a great night. Question. And I hope people are kinder to you than you are to them. You Go ahead. That you'll stand before God on the day of judgment. You believe you'll stand before God on the day of judgment? <laughs> you're asking you me that. to talk about my spirituality with you? Is that what's happening yeah. here? Dude, yeah. you're a vulgar, hateful man. I'm not going to dignify you by talking about God with you. You don't believe in anything. You haven't read the Gospels. You don't care what's in the Bible. You don't care well, what Jesus taught. Dude, you reject the teachings of Christ. You hate. You hate so much. You voted for fucking Trump. You believe Trump's a good man. Don't ask me to believe you're a Christian. Dude, I know it's not true. You just well, use that word. You, do you believe... You will stand before God on the day of judgment. We, if you believe in, if you believe in that, then yeah, I'm not going to talk to you about my spirituality, pal, because you don't believe any of it. You believe none of it. He's the Bible gone. is nothing but a prop. He hung up because he's a coward. Ah. <laughs> he thinks Jesus can't. supports killing the sinner. Yeah. Sorry, people had to listen to that. <sighs> well, but you know what he I, said? He told Thea he was calling from Oklahoma tonight. Yeah. So that's, that's how he gets he around would, it because he's a little weaselly coward. To, he would love to move. There. He hates trans people. He hates gay people. He hates women. He should stop by Tennessee first and pick a child bride. Um, yeah, we got to talk about that, too. The longer that he was talking and the more he kept trying to make his points, if you were to write down a list of his points, he sounds like like the Taliban. Oh, of course he does. Of course he, he sounds does. Like, like he sounds like another fake religious, religious right-wing incel. Who hates women, hates gay people, just believes in religion as a means to control people, He's not like, as a oh, means yeah. to love. This and guy's kill- actually saying to us, love your neighbor as yourself, when he's the same one who wants to see New York and L.A. destroyed by nuclear weapons. The hey, wait, hatred of these people. They I don't get to just, call themselves Christian. I'm sorry. Just, the media just, won't call these frauds out. We will. Go ahead. You just, said, you just figured it out. He said, what? 
he quoted love your neighbor as you love yourself and then a minute later was like i'd cut that guy's dick off yeah exactly imagine how creepy the porn on that guy's hard drive is imagine how depraved his porn is oh god (laughs) kind of horny right now okay that's oversharing thank you richard in houston good evening and welcome uh, John, uh, first of all, thank you for being sane. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I, I know you don't discuss your spirituality. I'll discuss it with anyone in you... good faith, but that guy, no, no, I'll discuss my spirituality with anybody in good faith. I'm not going to talk about it with that blasphemer. And, and I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I don't know what your faith is, uh, uh, but you exemplify more of the truth of the gospel than he does. Well, that's very, you very kind of you to say, but I'm all talk. I that that I just tell I, jokes. I I I I you. I'm just a charming sociopath who wants you to think that. I'm. I don't pretend to be a good yeah, person. Yeah, I promise. Okay. Oh, okay. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. I I try I to. You, and I was raised no. Catholic, so I'm not fond of myself. You know how we get programmed there. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I'm Lutheran, and that's Catholic light right there. Listen, I married a Lutheran. They're plenty sane compared to what I grew up with. <laughs> I, I actually just like this guy's going to get me off track, but these are the same type of crazy Christian nationalists, right supremacists. They've taken these layers of things that they cherry pick that they like, and they mesh them all into this horrible, horrible, sickening sociopathy almost. And it, yeah. it, it makes me really, really sad it's their I'm camouflage. Crazy. It's just camouflage for fundamental. Listen, believers, people of faith, people of faith use religion to try to be better people. Fundamentalists use religion to pretend they're better people. Exactly. As somebody who is about to um, propose to a, a woman of color, my, my girlfriend's, um, she's African-American. And as a white man, I know that one of the things that I'm not going to be able to give my children is my blessings. So I fight for a better world today. Mm-hmm. The one thing I did want to talk to you about. Hey, by the way, when are you going to propose? When are you, when are you proposing? Um, on our anniversary. So When's that? When's that? This, okay, this summer. Uh, how, long, how long y'all been together? How long y'all been together? Almost. Uh, it's going to be five years. Nice. Congratulations. She's the most amazing, wonderful person. I, I could tell you about how amazing she is. All the uh, see, now you've chased all the rage out of my heart. Yeah, now you, now you melted me. There you go. I was all mad I'm, at this heathen. And now you made me happy. Yeah. What's Chris? her name? What's her first name? <laughs> her name, my name, or her name? Her name. Yeah. What, what's her name? Is she on Facebook? Because we want to let her know. Give her a heads up. Well, I'm going to find her um, and, and uh, propose to her first. If I gave you out her social media, she'd kill me. She's a very <laughs> private person. I'm Hillary sorry. Clinton? I'm, I apologize. Hillary She's Clinton's incredibly not incredibly private. Okay, her, I respect her, that. Okay, so... In that case, I'll, the I'll, only uh, people who know are all of our listeners, so let us know when you pull it off. <laughs> okay, I will. When Hey, John, I'll, I'll send you a, a picture of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the wedding ring and the proposal, okay? I'll, okay. I'll promise you that. Thank you. Um, the one thing I look at when I see Katanji... Brown Jackson, is I see the future of my children. I see a future better when I tell, when I can point, if I have a baby girl, which I I pray to God I do, I pray to God I have children, that I can point to her. I can point to 
Kamala Harris and say, there is nothing that you cannot do if you try. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of cool interracial relationships, that. speaking of cool interracial relationships, by the way, speaking of cool women of color marrying white guys. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Woman's brilliant. But I'm an I'm also a historian in training. I'm, I'm in a master's program. And um, one of the things that I'm going to tell you is the only thing we should remember as far as the Confederates on uh, the month of April is that on April 12th, that horrible man and 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 the fact that he has any statues or anything named after him makes me want to vomit because i know what type of person robert e lee really was. yeah he was a horrible man he beat the he holy hell out of slaves on his property he sold children away from their parents mm -hmm. and he so he surrenders to a guy named ulysses s grant now the common thing about ulysses s grant that's misunderstood is that before the war he didn't care about slavery yeah. and that is a lie i will tell you he did not approve of it because he was given a slave by his father-in-law and worked the land beside his slave. Then after losing his farm and having to sell off all his goods and not knowing what he was going to do next, he has one possession that could get him money. And he manumits his slave. He sets his slave free. When yeah. slaves could go up towards of $1,000 in that time, in Missouri. He says, nope, I'm taking him to the courthouse and he making him free. That wow. is an action that says everything I need to know about Grant's character when it comes to slavery versus Robert E. Lee, who would do things like beat the crap out of slaves. Yeah. So if anybody I mean, in, wants in, to no, in, in fairness, I, I hate to ruin it, but, you know, Grant went on to be uh, a truly monstrous uh, slaughterer of First Nations people after the Civil War. I mean, he, he, he that killed was, a lot. That was his his darker, his darkest hour. Yeah, I'm just putting it in context. Compared a, to Robert E. Lee, he was he Gandhi. Was, I'm with it, you. Yeah, he was not a... No man is perfect. He was not a perfect man, but when it comes to... Compared to Robert E. Lee, to a, that traitor. Yes. You know, I, I'd much rather see things named after Grant than Lee. I'm just So saying. would I. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know what, considering the way that Grant slaughtered the buffalo and destroyed the Indian economy and the way that he, as president, launched an illegal war against the Plains Indians. I mean, I, I think we can name things after mm -hmm. other people. You know what I'm saying? We can name things after other people. Oh, yeah. A, lo a lot of, you oh, know, yeah, we talk maybe. about, we talk about these, these monuments and the Confederate monuments that have to come down, and I agree, but a lot of these Union soldiers that we celebrate, and there's plenty of statues of them in New York City, and they're on the right side of the war, so I get it, but a lot of those guys after that war, they went off and slaughtered First Nations people. And believe me, and more, there's going to be a moral reckoning for our monuments to those guys in that regard someday. We must, we must face the sins of our past. We yeah. have not done that as a, as a nation. We I have not you. reckoned what we did to First Nations or African Americans. And we see that today, especially with our Republican... Really, they are our brothers but we see how they're constantly fighting up against acknowledging the sins of the past because it makes them understand that the people of the past weren't perfect. Exactly, and no one and, expects them to be. I'm just saying there's plenty of people in the past who didn't defend slavery and didn't slaughter First Nations people that okay, we can name streets uh, after. You know what I'm saying? We, can, we don't need agreed. to have, I mean, we, Grant, thank you for winning the union, but we don't need his picture on the 50 anymore. That's all I'm saying. Agreed. Right on. Agreed. With I mean, there's hundred percent, John. America. Um, you know, we can um, talk about slavery all we want, but we need to have a talk about 
the ethnic cleansing that this country was founded on and, and reparations for, for the descendants of uh, First Nations people. Too. Uh, I definitely we're... agreed with you 100%. Thank you, as always, for what you say, what you do. And, oh, thank you. Uh, who you are. Thank you. You melted my cold little heart after that last call. Appreciate Aww. it. Chris? Well, I was just thinking, like, we're too precious about our paper money anyway. Like, everyone, every other country seems to have a lot of fun with it. Let's mix it up a bit. Seriously. Like, like we, you know, like, like everyone loves getting a new quarter and it's got some cool stuff on it. Like, I agree. Oh, Delaware. Why, why aren't we putting, like, you know. Tyler uh, Perry as Medea. That could be on the 20. Imagine, imagine a crisp new five, and on the back is a beautiful uh, New England lake with some loons on a full moon night. That's cool. But I'm saying, like, you know, like I can't wait to have Harriet Tubman on the twenty dollar bill of my lifetime. It's going to happen, right? Right. You have to get through all the great Americans, and then, like, like twenty years from now, we'll be like, oh, look, it's you know, it's Guy Fieri's on the on the nickel. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I I I have my limits, but thank you. I'm sorry, <laughs> President Fieri. I think we can put Guy Fieri. Let's just say we can put Guy Fieri on the cover of a. On, let's put Guy Fieri's picture on the on a box of Lipitor. How about that? Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. There's a new study by political scientist David Brockman of uh, UC Berkeley and Joshua Kalla of Yale. They recruited a bunch of Fox News viewers and they paid some of them to watch CNN instead. They would quiz them to make sure they were complying with this and they paid them extra to be quizzed. And then the treatment group of switchers and the control group of non-switchers took three surveys, three waves of surveys about the news. Here's the deal. The people they paid to watch CNN and MSNBC for a month and not watch Fox those people were five percentage points more likely to believe that people suffer from long COVID. They were six points more likely to believe that many foreign countries did a better job than the U.S. of controlling COVID-19. They were seven points more likely to support Americans voting by mail. They were 10 percentage points less likely to believe that Biden supporters are happy when police get shot. They were 11 points less likely to say it's more important for a president to focus on containing violent protesters and coronavirus and 13 points less likely to agree that if Biden were elected, we'll see many more police get shot by Black Lives Matter activists. So have some hope, man. Deprogramming is possible. <laughs> 